All right. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we begin? Um, let's start uh, with the word of prayer. Hey, let us pray. Let us pray. Uh, dear Holy Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for your promise, uh, for the better covenant, uh, for the fulfillment that you bring uh, in your in your sacrifice once and for all. Lord, uh, continue to bless us uh, in your covenant, knowing that uh, you are uh, you have given to us uh, the far surpassing eternal. Uh, covenant that has given us the blessed assurance of our salvation. Let this day we just pray for peace, O Lord, uh, on this day. Uh, we pray for homes. Uh, we pray for protection. Uh, we pray uh, for, for comfort at this time for all those. Guard those and protect those who might be in harm's way this day. And, and Lord, bless, bless each home um, as we uh, continue on with this, with this day. Lord, for all these things we are thankful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus, high priest of a better covenant. Last week we talked about, um, and I, it's the combined handout. So the new handout has some of your old, sometimes I don't know if you bring the old one, so I just combined it on the new one, um, if that makes sense. And I did that because also uh, 13 is the last verse of, of, the, uh, of the chapter, so didn't want to kind of trail it over to chapter 9. But here, uh, verse 5, as we see it, um, we're talking about the old and new, or the old and now the better covenant. Um, and what is that covenant? Uh, why don't we continue on here? Um, we talked about last week about the Levitical line, about the tribe of, uh, as uh, Don would say, a Jew, duh, right? Last week. And... Um, <laughs> And according to the law, that is what the line was, was the line of the Levites, right? So now, what, what is this all about? And uh, verse 5 really does show us uh, what this is all about. If someone could read verse 5 for me. They serve at the sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. That is why Moses was born when he was about to build the tabernacle. See to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown to you on the mountain. All right. So they serve a copy as a copy and shadow of heavenly things. Now, um, you know, my son, he loves tanks. <laughs> Sorry, Abe. But he loves tanks. He loves military tanks. He just loves tanks. And he has tanks in his room, little models. But they're, they're called replicas, right? They're the replicas of of like the Sherman tank. You always say, oh, the Sherman, the General Sherman tank. Anyways, uh, the replicas of the original. Now, when we talk about uh, replicas, com- clearly this is implying what? Replica. Replica means that replicas do never, they never stand alone, do they? Replicas do. Replicas are always a what to the original? Are always a a copy, right? Uh, so when we talk about uh, replica or shadow, the old covenant serves as a foreshadowing of what is to come. So in other words, uh, it is not simply something that stands alone, but actually is a replica of the original promise that God gives to us. And, and this is the, I think, the picture, the copy, right? 
When you make a copy of something, you're making a copy of an object that's already there, right? And when we talk about the Word of God, here we see that foreshadowing of the heavenly things. Now, again, who called Moses to make the tabernacle? God, right? Um, and we see that in、uh, the book of Exodus. Now, we talked about that last week. Very intricate design. They just didn't make a tabernacle by their own ideas, right? Just like Noah's Ark. Not by his own idea. They made it precisely with every material that was needed.、Uh, Moses and the people made it, right?、Um, and again,、um, when we talk about、uh, the real tabernacle, is the dwelling place of God. Now, the old tabernacle in the Old Testament was a place what? What was the tabernacle for?、Uh, there they would perform the, the sacrifices. Uh, but also, the tabernacle was ultimately the presence of God. That's why it was, was it immovable or movable? Movable, because God,、um, by the fire by night, the cloud by day, would lead them in his plan, and there they would follow. Now, what happens when they did things like they moved, let's say, the Ark of the Covenant when they desired, not based on God's plan, but The plan of man. What, what happened there? Do you know anything about that in the Bible?、Um, we very well know that when humans uh, uh, were being led by their own way,、uh, they, would, they would lose. They would lose uh, uh, the ark. And uh, clearly, uh, what we talk about the tabernacle, this is the presence of God and how he guides the people. Now, is the tabernacle, again, without It being a foreshadowing, what would the tabernacle serve as without it being a foreshadowing of what is to come? Without it being a foreshadowing of what is to come in the true tabernacle, in the book of、uh, St. John, the Gospel, where he, what is it? John chapter 1, he, the word made flesh, tabernacled among us, right? Dwelt, same word. Um, if this was detached from John 1, what? It would just be a tent. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it would just, it would simply be,、uh, again, this is the, the, the battle that they were facing. This is what the writer is trying to really point to them is that there is fulfillment in this tabernacle, and that is in uh, uh, the, the tabernacle that would dwell with the people, and that's Jesus Christ. Right? There's no separation from the Old Testament and what they did because everything was in, an, in the anticipation of what is new, and that is the better covenant of, of Jesus Christ as he tabernacled with us.、Right? Um, yeah, without,、uh, with that separation from the tabernacle, this tabernacle, this work would be futile. Right?、Uh, without that anticipation, and again, what was the tension here in the Hebrews? They would go back to this way of life, thinking that this was the way,、um, and there in that disconnect,、uh, this way would be futile as the Lord tore the, the, the veil into two at his, at his death, and, and they're、uh, showing that he is the way. So, this tabernacling with us is what? It's very important because the question is for you today how does the Lord tabernacle with you today? Does the Lord tabernacle with you today? Or, 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 is he,、um, or do we got to go on Google Maps and, and drive to his place, which would take forever? 
I know. Have you ever been on Google Maps? Like, why am I near this cliff? <laughs> they say to go forward, but if I do, <laughs> I mean, wh- what is it about? How does how does the Lord? How are you sure that the Lord is tabernacling with you today? Oh, the engineers of their classroom. That's right. <laughs> That's right. The word and the sacrament. Now, again, um, when you receive the body and blood of Jesus uh, in the supper of our Lord, um, that is how the Lord dwells with us. Not only does he dwell with us, but he gives us his body and blood. For what? For the forgiveness of our sins, right? So... When we talk about the better covenant, <clears throat> without Christ, this, this tabernacle system is futile, right? The, the anticipation is there. And, and for us, it's the same way. Uh, without, without the tabernacling, oh, that, that's right, I just thought of something. That does happen sometimes, you know. Uh, <laughs> this mind, Marjorie, is like... The Swiss cheese, you know, the circles in there, it's like they start, like, increasing. I'm like, oh, we're, come on, stay in there. Anyways, but uh, um, without him tabernacling with us, what does that make of the Lord's Supper? Without his resurrection, what does that make of baptism? <laughs> Nancy, does he make you laugh at home all the time? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the engineer joke. You're like, oh, okay, I get it. That's right. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, um, but see, that's the thing. You know, if we detach everything from separately, uh, even the sacraments, uh, like baptism and the Lord's Supper, uh, we very well know that uh, it, it just is that, right? If Christ did not raise, our faith would be futile. But also the sacraments would, would also go on the same line of futility, right? So, you know, when we talk about tabernacling with us, from the tabernacle old, I mean, you could, you could look online and we should do a tabernacle study. I think when we get to the book of Exodus after Genesis, which would probably be 2024, um, if we're lucky, right? 2024, maybe. Uh, then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go to Exodus because we haven't studied that yet, right? Have we here? No. Um, sorry. I forget. But uh, we'll go to Exodus and, and study the tabernacle. So there you have it. I, I gave you our Bible study for the future, yes. So uh, no need to ask, <laughs> what is it going to be? That's if you forget like me, and you'll remind me. But this true tabernacle is Jesus dwelling with us, and that dwelling is, I uh, won't talk about the sacrificial system, that, that dwelling is ultimately to be the, the Lamb of God, right? Uh, to be the slaughter, sent to the slaughter, right? To be the... the, the uh, 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 To, yeah, to, to, um, to be with us, uh, uh, and, and indeed to, to once and for all forgive us of our sins. And this is, again, when we talk about the tabernacle, this is the better covenant, right? Um, the, the, the tabernacle of the old does not work alone, and this is what the writer is trying to show them. And likewise for us, the sacrament does not work alone. It is all rooted in the death and resurrection of Christ. So when we talk about the Lord dwelling with you, why is this so important? When you say the word in sacrament, what if we detach 
what is an alternative view of how God is with you? Emmanuel, Word and Sacrament, what is an alternative view that maybe you've heard in your life? How do you know that God dwells with you? What would some people feel? Yeah, feel, good. Or you can go find God in, in nature or something. But again, if, if it's not in the word and sacraments, then it's in, in your feelings, you're doing it. And we know how well we do that. That's right. And you, we all need assurance, don't we? Like, I need to know for a fact, by the word of God, where God is for me. Because if I don't know, where am I going to go? I know I'm going through this spiral book for all the new instruction people, and we should go through it one time too. But, but we go to our fluttering spirits. Do you know what I mean by that? Fluttering spirits? Have you ever, Yeah, butterflies, right? I don't know why I'm pointing to Dave, but he always shows me where the butterfly groves are because I, I just love seeing butterflies with the kids. They're getting older now, so it's different. It's not as cool. But, um, uh, but fluttering, fluttering spirits. What do fluttering spirits do? I think this is my butterfly wings. <laughs> but what do, what do fluttering spirits do? If it's not in the word of God. They come and go. They come and go and they're trying to ascend by their own feelings or by their own strength. Right? And that's how we seek assurance in this, in this uh, better covenant that we make for ourselves. And here the Lord is showing us, no, this is the tabernacle. This, you know, when you... Come to church, you know for a fact that God is there with you, giving you his word, working on you, and feeding you his very body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins, right? That is very important. Why? Because every Sunday when you wake up in the morning, you're like, this is where God is, and he feeds me. And what a great gift that is. Like, I'm going, I'm going there in the presence of God to receive his word and sacrament delivered for me. Like, I'm assured, as Jesus says in his word, that he tabernacles with us and he is with us. And he actually gives us the forgiveness of our sins through these means, right? Uh, and this is the, the assurance we're talking about with the covenant. Yes? So some people say that the, um, that the sacraments only represent, they only represent, the Holy Supper only represents Christ's body. Yeah. So what, what is it when it become what is it then for those that believe representative symbol not really there? What, be, what becomes of a memorial, but honestly, what it becomes is I go to church to give something to God rather than God, and I'm not talking about praising the Lord and rejoicing in his name, but like I'm actively doing something for God such as baptism, which becomes when I'm ready, I will commit my life to the Lord and, and, and have a, my own baptism when I'm ready. Or when I take the supper, uh, surely, hypothetical, right? Um, if I was in that camp of this is only merely symbolic, well, I'm, giving some, I'm honoring him and giving my time for him. And everything is switched around. Even the gospel starts to switch around too, where we say, I believe in Jesus, but... There I go and do my thing and, and kind of put that cherry on top of for my salvation. So you see that subtle shift uh, when we fail to see what this tabernacle is all about.
about, and likewise for the Hebrews. Do you know what I'm talking about? That little subtle dynamic shift uh, when we see, uh, well, I'm going to church to give something to God today, when in fact, he's giving you everything. Like, that's why we're here, right? Like, because the world can't give us what our Lord gives to us by his word and sacrament. And we are here to receive that, re- receive that very food on our pilgrimage of faith, because we know he's here, right? He's with us right now by his word. Like, think about how profound that is. Like, I'm not searching. <laughs> like, I'm not searching in the, as that spiral would call it, I love it, the religious echo of my cavernous soul. I, <laughs> hello? And I can hear the echo, right? But no, I'm, I'm going to God's word because there he promises to be. And when we hear those very, the very word of God, we know that he dwells with us and he gives us his very word for the forgiveness of our sins. And this is what, how can you revert back to this when you have this? Because it all is pointing to this when we say, no, 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 this is just a separation and this is one thing and that's the other. This all, this system all, it just falls apart. Uh, and there's no fulfillment because there's no anticipation for what is to come. So very important that uh, the, uh, the writer is really showing that it's just merely a shadow, a copy of the original promise. Right, Xerox copy. When I say Xerox copy, people are like, what's that? I'm like, oh, it's... <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I won't go there. <laughs> but uh, anyways, verse 6, verse 6. I, I don't want to go too slow here. Verse 6. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than uh, the old, as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted for better promises. Why was there a need for a better promise? That's a question on your um, handout. Why is there a better need for a promise? When we talk about the sacrifices that were given, not only did the priests sacrifice for them, for themselves because they needed it, but this sacrifice would be what? Repeated. Repeated. Have you ever looked at a record? I love records, right? Do you ever look at it going round and round? I could just sit there like a cat... Oh, like a cat, right? All day just looking at this. I mean, when does it end? 45 RPMs. What, when does it end? 33, 40, 33 and 45, right? That's <laughs> not what I meant. But when does this end? It's just a complete... I mean, you look at a broken... You look at this record and it just continues to go around and around and around. And, and when we talk about the sacrificial system, that's what... You know, when does it stop? When, when Jesus comes to the table and finishes it. Once and for all. Now, if there's no once and for all, it's no good. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 that that is not the better promise. So right here, uh, again, the superiority of Christ is being emphasized. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old. As the covenant, He mediates is better since it is enacted by better promises by the better promise and. Um, that better promise is the assurance that you have eternal life. You do. And you're forgiven of all your sins. That's what Jesus brings to the table. That's why you, you hear the, that very word. So before Christ, when people offered sacrifices, they weren't assured. They didn't have that assurance. Um, when they were still godly people. So, good. Good question. Because are the Old Testament people saved? Yes, yes, absolutely. The righteous shall live by faith. 
faith. Faith in? The coming of Christ. Yes. So what we talk about, yes, they had the sacrificial system. The Lord had mandated, right? But it was anticipation for what is to come. And that's the key there of their faith, right? Hopefully that helps. Does it help? Maybe? Well, it, it does, but the, their pre, the priests yeah. weren't offering perfect sacrifices for them, right? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it earlier, I think, in Chapter 7, how they would have to... Over and over. Over and over, but again, the key is, is that this is the an- anticipation, right? The anticipation uh, for what is to come. And that's the key of the life of faith, is that they were all looking forward to uh, the fulfillment that is, that is of Christ, right? In the, in the original language, the word better, I'm wondering what that is because, you know, how can God have promise and how can another promise be better than the promise he gave? I, I would think that better... There's a different word or a different meaning for better. Um, but in this context, what, what would we have an answer for her? In this context of what the Hebrews are dealing with, well, why is better? Like fulfilled, but that's different. Than no, I, I know. I, I definitely know what you're saying. I, how, how could God have given a not-so-perfect promise to begin with? Because he's always perfect. I think in the context of the Hebrews was what? They, they were, they looked at this. As the promise, uh, there was that disconnect where they would just see this and say, oh, that's the promise. But in the context, he is uh, showing the people like, no, no, this is, it's all an anticipation for what is to come. And you might think this is everything, but there is something better. Not saying that God's promises are like, uh, what's the word? I know what you're saying, but in the context of what they're facing, what, what they perceive to be. Yeah, exactly. So the original promise of God has now become fulfilled. Yeah, because that original promise is Genesis three, fifteen. Yeah. So, so that's the righteous shall live by faith. Uh, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Just a quick one. It seems to me that there was a subtle change that took place over the history of the nation of Israel. You had this sacrificial system put into place. And it was really to point forward to the Christ. But over a period of time, and particularly after the captivity, they came back and they were emphatic about keeping the law in every detail because they blamed their lack of keeping the law for going to Babylon in the first place. Sure. So we're sure. going to change. Yeah. And so it, it changed from being a foreshadowing and reminder of what was to come to being the event itself. Which was, you know, looking at it over a period of time, it was kind of a subtle change, but it's a very important one. And some of that, to me, is happening today in some of the churches. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, uh, what we talk about Christ as the promise, how, you know, how simple morality and legalism has become the the better, the better promise rather than just Christ alone. Now, of course, do, are we called to love and serve neighbor and follow his law? Yes, of course. That's, that's what we do as Christians, but that doesn't save us, right? But that merit work has 
continue to think, many people think, oh, that's what saves us. No, uh, it's, it's the work of Christ, the, the ultimate fulfillment, right? So again, you know, when we're talking about better promise, good question uh, there, Chris, um, that, that this is in the context of what they were facing and their own perception that Christ is, is the greater. He is superior. I think that's a better way to that he is the superior one. Um, all right, uh, verse 7, verse 7 as we continue. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for the second. All right. That's right, right? I mean, if the first one, if the, you know, if the first one could do, why would there be a need for a second? So the writer is clearly showing that there is a need for the second because when we talk about the first covenant, uh, you know, it was, it was based on the law, that they were to follow God's law, Right? Uh, they were to do all that the Lord had commanded them. And the people said in, in the book, uh, they said, uh, we will do it, right? All that you've commanded. And in that covenant, what happened? They actually did the... Oh, good. You got that one. Opposite. Right. Do I say opposite a lot? I don't know. He, they did the opposite, right? So there, when we talk about uh, the law and the covenant, uh, showing their pilgrimage of faith, they fell so many times. Um, and they realized that uh, though they were called to abide by God's law, they failed to do so. And um, the need for a new covenant was absolutely necessary uh, for them. And that's why um, there was a need for a better covenant. And that is Christ, because we cannot uphold the law perfectly. Um, do we strive to? Yes. Do we, do we see God's word and say, how can I love and serve and follow his word? Yes, but the fact is, can we do that perfectly? And, and that's the deception, I think, in our present day of not the tabernacle versus old and new, but our, our dwelling with us is what? Well, I can do it perfectly, and I'm going to go on that quest, because if I do, then, then that means I'm a Christian, and that means God's with me, and my thing is not, not so much, because when you look in the mirror, we very well know that though we strive, we fall short. And that's why Christ is everything. Right? It's not about us, but it's about his promise to us. And, and that's why uh, if the first covenant had been faultless, if it was perfect, right, in a sense of the Israelites, you know, <laughs> they abided perfectly, uh, that's one thing. But they, they did not, as we know. And, and that's why they needed, of course, as God knew ever since the beginning, the need of Christ and, and his advent to us. All right. Um, verses 8 to 12 here. And, and this is where we'll conclude today because I know it's four verses. Uh, but very important uh, word uh, from, from Jeremiah 31, a reference to it. But uh, a very good picture of what this particular covenant is about in Christ Jesus. So if someone could read 8 to 12 for me. But God found a fault with the people and said, The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they did not remain faithful to my covenant, and I turned away from them. Declares the Lord, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. 
No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because they all will know me. From the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive them their wickedness, and I will remember their sins no more. That's pretty awesome right there at the end. Um, yeah, and when, when we talk about verses 8 to 12, uh, as we begin on 8, uh, the new covenant, right, in the age to come, and that is... Uh, the advent of the King, Jesus Christ. And, and here we see uh, the better, right? The, the fulfilling covenant. I think that's a good word too, Chris. Fulfilling covenant uh, of what is to come ever since Genesis 3 and the cross and the empty tomb. Um, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, right? So this is different. This is something that Israel could not keep, right? Um, for they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. And again, we know the story of the pilgrimage, right? Uh, that first generation, uh, most of them, all of them, almost all of them did not go through because of their own, their own sin, right? Um, the second generation mainly, along with um, some of the first, uh, were there uh, in the land of Canaan, but mostly the, the first generation. They, they, No, he, it was, uh, he passed the baton to Joshua, remember? Uh, but definitely, he was anticipating, right? Which, again, this is all what it's about. I mean, the anticipation of the promised land is, again, uh, an anticipation of, further anticipation of Christ and what he has come to do. But here we see uh, the Lord, if you look at your notes, uh, God was faithful to his covenant, but the people were not. That's the bottom line. Uh, are we... Who, you know, when we talk about the faithfulness of God and, and what he has done for us, um, are, is Tom and I, or Jeff, are we, are we like the Israelites too? Oh yeah, oh, sorry, all of, <laughs> not just me and Tom and Jeff, but <laughs> don't want to exclude you guys, us, but we all are, right? And, and therefore, um, we... Uh, though the Lord had freed them from the hand of Pharaoh, um, yet they still could not continue because of their sin. And even then, the Lord uh, would be faithful as he would give us his covenant in verses 10 to 12. I will make and put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. Right? The Lord, his word is written on your heart. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now, who decides this? God. Yeah. I mean... Do you think that that happens at the last fulfillment when Christ returns and just, you know, banishes Satan forever now and makes everybody have this tabernacle actually there all the time? Like, all your sin is gone forever now because you're in his kingdom away from Satan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when we talk about, you know, the... <clears throat> You know, what is to come, um, yes, uh, that will be a day on the last day, like a two-wheel and I, when the Lord will return, like a thief in the night, and, and what a great time that will be. But also, in the meantime, uh, uh, we, we have that promise, right? Um, so this is, this is looking to a future, just like the Israelites had to look to a future. We're looking, we still are looking for that. 
for the last last final day. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest. I mean, you you look at God and his will and how gracious he is. Um, Not because, you know, Jen and, and Ashley and Mary are the greatest, but rather even for the least. Wait, did I just... Anyways, that's not the point. <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, but, but everyone, all people, this is the will of God, right? Um, that they will be my people. You are his people. How do you know? And, and that Bible that tells you is Jesus who tells you that I have come to die and rise for the sins of the world and I have given you the covenant. This is my new, the, 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 the covenant in my blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins, right? Uh, take and drink, take and um, eat. Uh, this is my body, this is my blood, right? This is the new covenant. And, and there in that new covenant, you know that there is the will of God and that is to save you from sin and death, that you are his people, right? And why is that important? right now because honestly are there times that we live our actions sometimes dictate that we are living as orphans don't we do you know what i'm talking about like you know even don knows what does he know even don right uh that we know this word as you study it right now okay of course right i i am a child of god but as you archive your life last week what if that's so humbling if we did? I'm like, oh man. We, we go on rewind and say, this is what we've done. And we're like, <laughs> I just lived like I was alone, as if I'm living, depending on myself, trusting in my own flesh, my own God. And, and there I see myself. And, and again, this is. Uh, this is so humbling when, in fact, uh, here we see uh, God's mercy dwelling upon us um, in his will by the body, of, body and blood of Christ. And, and that is the promise that we're talking about here. Now, ultimately, I know the kids are almost out here. Um, For I will be merciful toward their iniquities. Who is your God? If Marjorie says, I am never good enough because my sin is too great, we go to this word, I will be merciful. This is the promise of God. Right? That he is merciful, that, that he comes for the weary and broken, and he forgives you of all your sins. Like, this is the fact, right? This is not, have I done enough? This is no, God has done everything for you because he is merciful, steadfast, what is it? Uh, uh, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Love, <laughs> love, right? And ultimately, what is that? Right there. As the devil is cackling, cackling? Is he, does he cackle? But as the de- <laughs> I don't even, a witch's cackle. Uh, but the devil is barking, right, and roaring like a lion, saying, you know, attacking you in every which way. And what does it say right there uh, in verse twelve? I will remember their sins no more. Um, what do we? Oh, that's right. In um, was that in Genesis? Were we talk about remembering Noah? Did, did we study that last week? Was that last week? I forget. About how he remembered Noah? I don't, I don't even talk. I think we talked about that last Wednesday. About how he remembered Noah and his family. And again, it's not just a, a mental remembering, but it's by grace. 
and his promise that he remembers them to save them, eight souls and all through this flood. And likewise, I will remember their sins no more. It's as if we have this promise of grace and mercy that, yes, our sins are forgiven. That means I will remember their sins no more. Now, if I sinned against Jennifer, we always say forgive and forget, right? Do we forget? We can't. Whoa, that's quick. That's right. That's right. And so, and we pray to the Lord that He would give us peace during those times of of forgetting because it's it's difficult, right? But it says right here, "I will remember their sins no more." Chris, I don't know why I said Chris. We're but a new create. We're, we're a new creature now by the blood of Christ. Right. What does that even mean? Hallelujah. That's right. Like, so thankful, right? For all that God has done. Uh, think about that. The Holy Spirit. The wind. And he's saying five more minutes. Five more minutes. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, 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 but no, think about that. Um, because how many times do we say to ourselves in our conscience, as Luther would too, like, I don't know if I've... I've tried every which way to, to get my conscience right with God, but I still am terrified by my sin. When we hear this word of the, the, the new covenant, I will remember your sins no more. That means what, Nancy? That means the, the gospel has, has washed you clean. When, when we say you're forgiven of your sins, that doesn't mean in our human mind, oh, forgive and forget, that's difficult, how can God... no. You are forgiven of your sins. When you take that sacrament, all because of this right here, this anticipate, all, you are actually forgiven of your sins. Think about that. When you receive God's word, you go out with a clean, you go out like Simeon. And that is who you are, right? We could all sing the song right now, but we will in service. Anyways, but, um, oh Lord, anyways. Uh, so, uh, so clearly we see, I will remember their sins no more, and I pray that this will be your peace, because the devil says otherwise. He says, no, you're not forgiven. Jesus Christ isn't enough. Or, no, you have to do some extra reparations for your sin to then be forgiven. No, God is merciful, he is just, and he cleanses you from all your unrighteousness. When you hear those words of absolution, you are forgiven. When you receive the, the gospel in that sermon, uh, you are forgiven. When you, when you receive... Uh, the Lord's Supper, you are forgiven. When you hear the words, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, you are indeed forgiven as you r- r- live in your baptism that is with you all the time. Right? Sorry, I'm getting excited here. But the point is, is that this is, this is, this is what the word is. See, if we, like, take this out. Again, and, and again, we say that, but we know, we know the flesh. And we know how easy it is to revert or to trust in everything but God and his promises and, and, and the, the fulfillment of this covenant in Christ Jesus. So, closing, yes? I was just going to say, I think that it's also that when you look at it another way, that's all kind of like a future the, the, on the left, the tabernacle and futile. That's more pertaining to like what they were looking forward to. This on the right, this is current and present. 
And it's not something once we die that our sins are going to be forgiven. It's we need to remember every single day. And the tabernacling is also God's spirit is with us every single day, every moment of the day, whether we um, are, are, it's not something that you feel, but he says, I am with you. So is. we need to remember that, especially when we are going through the trying times. Because there are, to cling to that. Because there are trying times, for and sure. The devil will want you to believe otherwise. Yeah, that's right. Good. Yeah, flee to what the tabernacle is by his word and sacrament, and there you are, assured. Yeah, Lord, I don't know why these things are happening, <laughs> but what I do know is that you are with me, that even in the valleys of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because... You are conmigo with me, right? So, <laughs> oh, you don't want to hear that. Oh, you don't want to hear that. My wife, it'll be a comedy set. She'll be cracking up in the back like, did he just try to speak Korean? Because <laughs> I try at home, and I'm like, yeah. And she like, starts laughing like, oh, nice try. I'm like, I'm trying. Anyways, um. Oh, I'm aware. Trust me. I don't... Every syllable, I pray. Anyways, um, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Uh, we thank you for your better covenant. We thank you for the fulfilling of your word that, that we live uh, with sins that are no more as you forgive us and, and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Bless us, O Lord, this day in your peace, uh, knowing full well that uh, you have fulfilled all things and that uh, we live the redemptive life, the forgiveness of sins. In our, in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whom we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.